I think there were a lot of people that had Bethany on the podium this year. Um, I think there were a lot of people after watching her at West Coast Classic that felt like, um, you know, she was going to take it up even another notch, especially with games programming, knowing how incredible she is at grunt work and endurance events. We saw what she did with the ruck run. You know, she beat everybody by a minute and a half and really just kind of cruised that thing. So, you know, I know for her that, that um, you know, she's upset she didn't get to show people, but I also know for her that she feels like she's just coming into her prime. And uh, I know she's super excited for next year and another year of being able to get even stronger, um, which for her is generally her biggest weakness is, is absolute strength and max lifts. So we're just going to work hard at, at getting her stronger and stronger. Um, and Carrie is interesting because, you know, I mean, I think Carrie was pretty honest about the fact that, you know, this might've been her last year um, competing individually. Uh, so this year was really like about having fun and, and training with her girls and, you know, really going there and, and um, you know, kind of this, this might've been like the last dance, but, you know, I don't know now what's going to happen. I think I, I know Carrie well, and I find it hard to believe that she doesn't go out on her terms. Um, so, in partnership with the Morning Chalk Up and part of the Morning Chalk Up Podcast Network, this is the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. My name is Scott Schweitzer. I am your host and the Clydesdale. My friends are Amy Radowski, Charlie Odie, and Kat Shear. We are here to bring you the best interviews with the biggest personalities in the fitness world and CrossFit from all over the world. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and write a review. It's such a big help to our podcast. And with that, we're on to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. RX Markier Jump Ropes, the best jump ropes in the business. Our title sponsor and such great support from them. You can get your RX Markier jump ropes by going to rxmarkier.com. At checkout, use Clydesdale15, all caps, and you can get 15% off your order. Uh, you can buy jump ropes of any color, shape, size, uh, the handles, you can make those whatever you want. You can get the cable at different weights um, and different lengths depending on your height. So check it out at rxmarkier.com. Use Clydesdale15 at checkout and you'll get 15% off your order. That does exclude new additions, new arrivals and special editions, but check that out, uh, it's a great deal. In addition to that, they're also supporting our hashtag road to a thousand. If you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast, and you have a public profile, every time we hit the century mark with subscribers, we're giving away a brand new RX Mercury jump rope. And Dave Newman, the owner of the company, has promised to throw in a couple extras uh, for that winner. So make sure you go over, subscribe, and uh, you have a public profile, and you may be our next winner. Up Before You Coffee. They are an amazing coffee. It is delicious, has different little notes of chocolate and things like that. Um, and it's really clean and crisp uh, when you drink it in the morning. Uh, but they have a light roast. Uh, they also have a medium roast, as you can see there. Um, we are so excited about the sponsor sponsorship. Uh, if you use Clydesdale 20, all caps, 
Clydesdale 20, you can get 20% off your order. Just go to upbeforeyou.com and uh, order your coffee. It's delicious. You'll love it. Well, I'm not going to go into this formal introduction. Everybody knows who this man is. Uh, this is his third time back on the show. Justin Kotler, coach, Underdogs Athletics, um, and a super friend of the show. Uh, we love hanging out with Justin. And he just went through probably the craziest coaching week in the history of the CrossFit Games. So we wanted to catch up with him, see how he's doing, see how his athletes are doing, and kind of get a a view as to what went on uh, that week. So welcome, Justin. Hi, guys. Pleasure to be here as usual. Yeah, so um, what what was training like as you led up to the Games? Like before all the craziness happened, how did you feel about the team coming in? Training leading up to the games, uh, I thought was going extremely well. Uh, honestly, Carrie and Bethany were extremely healthy coming in body-wise. Uh, I think both of them were, were peaking um, you know, at the right time. Danielle actually had a couple of uh, just minor shoulder things coming into the games. Um, so we were, you know, we were being pretty smart with her and just trying to limit uh, some of the uh, volume. Um, and then, you know, I, generally speaking, it, it was weird this year, man. Like coming off of West Coast Classic, um, I feel like all the athletes that had to, all the athletes that had to compete at West Coast Classic, the turnaround was very short. You know, you, you had to give them time off after West Coast. Then you had to ramp it back up. Then you had to bring them back down. I'll be honest with you. I loved having West Coast in Vegas, and it was great to have that, that home court advantage. But as far as time is concerned, uh, it was a huge disadvantage uh, having, having to go you know, that close to the games. And especially having programming that I feel was probably the most aggressive of any of the um of any of the semifinals especially with the ruck run um just what it did to people's bodies so that was challenging um and uh but I think everybody we we I gave them a really you know a longer deload and taper than normal uh because we ramped it back up hard and then and then I you know I I really um was uh, pretty meticulous about the the deload and the taper. Uh, so we started that deload like nine days before the games. Um, and I felt like everybody was feeling really good coming into Wisconsin, uh, coming into Madison. Uh, and then obviously, um, you know, we had some, we had some bad luck and some bad timing and uh, just kind of threw things into disarray a little bit. So uh, but I, I felt like everybody was ready to go, and and uh, I still feel like everybody was ready to go. Uh, just a I, lot of things happened. I, I heard Justin. Our, I heard yeah, that yeah. Danielle had a had an ankle mishap with the pig. <laughs> yeah. Tell us a little bit about that, if you can. Yeah. So she the, her first day working on the pig, um, she you know just was working with it, and and she went to uh, to get underneath it and uh just didn't get out of the way um didn't get underneath it quick enough and it crashed on top of her and sprained her ankle uh i coach had to lift it off of her so i had to come in and and help her because she was stuck so oh yeah that was great for confidence with the pig um sure (laughs) but honestly 
she was pretty, you know, um, had it been like two days before the games, I would have been really concerned. Um, but being that it was um, a good, you know, it was about 10 days, 11 days out. Um, she was okay. Um, you know, she came in, she had a, a, a slightly sprained ankle, but by the time the game started, she was pretty good. I don't think it really affected her too much. Um, you know, I think she was most worried about the runs. Uh, and obviously she did pretty well on that 500. Uh, and, uh, and I think she felt pretty good with, with anything, uh, with her, with her, um, with her ankles, honestly, her, her shoulders, if anything, were the limiting factor, um, especially on something like the snatch where she wasn't, wasn't feeling super stable and she still did well, but you know, a month before the game, she easily snatched two five. So I think, you know, under normal circumstances, that was something she could have won. Um, but you know, she was just her, her shoulders, the left, you know, really like even before West coast and then after West coast, she just had a little bit of, uh, some minor shoulder issues that now hopefully we'll be able to get healthy. Um, but yeah, that, that pig, uh, honestly, it was great for us to be able to get a hold of it prior to, uh, and then, you know, she did great in that, in that, uh, event. Um, and I think, you know, I think all of them would have done extremely well in that event. Yeah. One more question leading up to with regard to training. Um, what do you guys do for swim training? And did you, were you practicing paddle boards or kayaks or, or how did that go? Yeah. So we, we swim a lot uh, and they were getting in the open water. Uh, and we, they, all three ladies had, had uh, purchased uh, prone paddle boards prior to, and they had also worked on stand up paddle boards as well. Uh, so, um, you know, going into the games, obviously we were extremely, I would say uh, we were extremely ready for prone or stand up. And then obviously the, the um, kayak came up. So, I mean, that's cool though. I like, I like that, you know, there's, there's constantly new, new things, unknown and unknowable, obviously. Uh, but it, it, it would have worked out well if the prones had come up because Khan had come to town prior to, and had worked with everybody on, on prone paddle boards. Um, so we're ready for that. And, and what's great now is they have the prone paddle boards. So we'll be able to use those throughout the year. And sure. I'm sure they'll come up at some point in time again. Uh, so we'll be super ready for those. Um, you know, so yeah, I think, um, as far as the swim is concerned, we knew that, uh, there'd be an open water swim and, and, and everyone was ready for that. Okay. So you mentioned an unknown, unknown and unknowable and, uh, <laughs> the bad luck that you had coming into the games. Can you walk us through that timeline as to how kind of everything went, fell down or, or went down and how you reacted to that? Sure. Um, so we, we, uh, we arrived in Madison on Friday. Uh, or I should say the ladies arrived on Friday. I flew into Wisconsin Friday uh, and came here first to pick up a car. Uh, so when I got to madison on saturday um i got there in time to see everybody on saturday uh and to see every you know to go to um the training session on saturday and uh late that night on saturday night um is when bethany started to uh come down with symptoms uh she wasn't feeling well and uh, on Sunday, you guys, you guys hadn't been to any CrossFit 
thing yet, right? You hadn't been to the venue at this point or had you? No, we hadn't been to the venue. They had trained on Saturday and she felt fine and, mm-hmm. and, and everybody felt fine. Um, but Sunday, um, she isolated herself and we didn't, uh, she didn't train, uh, Carrie and, and, um, and Danielle trained and, um, you know, I think, uh, I think Bethany just thought like maybe she had, you know, 24 hour bug, like she had had that, um, you know, a couple months before and it had gone away mm-hmm. relatively quickly, but when she woke up on Monday and still wasn't feeling well, I think I was very concerned. Um, and I know she was as well. I don't think the others really wanted to, to think about it. So, you know, they kind of just assumed it was something else and that it wasn't COVID. Um, but we, we obviously are, are, um, you know, my fears were, were, were quickly, uh, <laughs> we're, we're unfortunately very quickly realized when we got to, uh, check-in and, uh, we went, uh, all three ladies went for testing and I was with them and, and, um, you know, the, her, the antigen test came up positive and then they tested her again and it was positive. So were, were they, were they in quick- a car? Sorry. Were they in a car when they got tested? I heard a story about that. Like they were in a car and they got like yeah. pulled out of the car or something. Yeah. So, so they were, they were in a car, um, when we got there, which is, which is kind of where everything, you know, why they were isolated for the rest of the week is they were in the car with Mm -hmm. Bethany, like all three ladies went together. Um, they were in the car and then Bethany tested positive. They pulled them out. And then from there on out, it was kind of like, you know, isolation protocol and, and segregation protocols where we were away from everybody else. Um, and, uh, so, uh, they started testing Carrie and, and Danielle twice a day from, from there. Uh, Carrie didn't test positive on, on Tuesday, um, but she tested positive on, on Wednesday just prior to the swim event. Um, Did she start to feel sick? So she didn't feel sick until later in the week, honestly. Um, she felt okay. Um, I think she, you know, basically she kind of just said to me, she felt a little off, but there were no symptoms. And, and, you know, listen, I mean, it was very stressful, right? Like you find out that Bethany tests positive. So to me, it was like, well, maybe it's just stress, you know, cause she's not having any symptoms. Sure. Um, but to, but, but Wednesday morning she tested positive and, and then, um, you know, it was tough. It was tough. I, I, you know, I just had a feeling that, that, um, I know, just from Carrie's, I, I know Carrie very well. And, and I, I know her like the back of my hand. I knew something was wrong. Like that morning, she was very quiet. She didn't seem to be herself. And I just had a feeling. Um, but it's funny is it's like, I had this feeling um, that, that Carrie was going to test positive. But I also had this feeling that Danielle wasn't. Um, you know, I think. We did Danielle, too, actually. <laughs> yeah, I think Danielle, I think Danielle had COVID um, back when she first got to Vegas and she wasn't, you know, she never got tested, but she had symptoms and she felt crappy and body aches and this thing and that thing. And I just had this feeling that she had it. Um, And I, I wonder, you know, that that's kind of what, what, you know, essentially why she didn't test positive. Um, And I also think it was like this cosmic test 
um, <laughs> you know, that was put on her shoulders to have to deal with all of this. I, I just feel like that was something that she was supposed to deal with. Um, and uh, so anyway, that that's kind of the timeline of it. So Bethany tested positive Monday morning. Carrie tested positive Wednesday, just prior to the swim event. Obviously, that was a lot to put on Danielle's plate an hour before the swim event. Um, and, uh, and, and unfortunately, I, I feel like that had a lot to do with Danielle's performance on that event, where I think she finished 15th. But, you know, Danielle's an, 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 an absolutely fantastic swimmer. And she had, a, I don't know whether it was an asthma attack or a panic attack, but she had a panic attack while she was swimming. And she ended up doing this, the majority of the swim, swimming backstroke um because she couldn't breathe so she still ended up 15th in the event which i think is great for having to do that uh but that's an event that i think probably would have been a top three for danielle if if uh all things considered if 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 that news kind of wasn't sprung on her at that point but you know um she handled it well and and she got through it and i know for her you know that it was uh that was a big mental battle, um, being in the water and, and having, you know, kind of like an asthma snap slash panic attack. Um, so, you know, that's kind of where we were on Wednesday morning. Uh, and obviously, you know, we, we didn't really know kind of what the week was going to be like, as far as protocols were concerned. I think it was a fluid situation. They were trying to figure things out as we went along. Um, but once we got back to the, once we back got back on, I like to say back on campus, essentially, um, you know, at the venue, um, you know, we were then kind of isolated to North Park. Um, you know, we had a, a, I don't know if you guys saw that, we had our own warm up area and we were assigned um, essentially like a medical representative, uh, Katina Thornton, who's freaking awesome. Um, and she was, she was kind of like our liaison, a medical liaison. And, and so she communicated with, with everyone and kind of gave us updates as to how things were going to flow. Um, and that was the beginning of, of the week where, you know, we were, we were kind of at the mercy of, you know, um, of, of being isolated and then, you know, being tested and all this other stuff. So that was kind of the beginning. So Justin, I, I know just, you know, from being um, a coach there for this week that we could either when at check-in either show our vaccination cards or do a negative test. But I also heard that they were testing athletes regardless. Is it, was that, do you know if that's true that they were just testing every athlete, no matter what? Um, my, my understanding when we got there was that if you had a vaccination card, um, that you didn't need to be tested. Um, okay. so I think they were just testing people who haven't been vaccinated. Um, okay. cause I, I, I was not tested. Um, okay. and I had a vaccination card. Um, so my understanding was if you were vaccinated, you didn't need to be tested unless you had symptoms. Okay, um, sure. or if you weren't vaccinated that, that you had, that you had to be tested. Um, so that, so that's, that did that change the protocols for you? Like when all this was going down, did they then decide that they better start testing you or because you were in close contact or not, not at all? No, they said, if I started feeling symptoms, um, that they, that, that they would test me. Um, but I didn't have any symptoms and, um, still don't, um, yeah. 
and Danielle uh, didn't have a choice. So Danielle, sure? um, yeah. yeah, so she had to be vaccinated. She was vaccinated two, sometimes three times a day. Um, tested, not vaccinated. Uh, sorry, tested. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow. Yeah. Wow, that's a lot of vaccination. <laughs> no, um, yeah, Super so immune. She was, she was tested two, sometimes three times a day, depending on the circumstance. Yeah. And were, were you in isolation as well as her or just her? So, um, I was, uh, I was allowed to attend briefings. I was allowed to watch, but I had to wear a mask. Um, you know, so that's, so basically, um, I wasn't supposed to, they, they just didn't really want me to commingle too much with athletes and coaches. Um, you know, uh, I, so, so it was more so just kind of like, Hey, you know, if you can, just try not to uh, get too close to people and wear a mask and yada, yada, yada. So that's basically where I was at. And truth was, I was really more concerned about just making sure that Danielle was good, you know? So, um, you know, I didn't do much other than spend time with her. And then occasionally when I wasn't allowed to be with her, like there were times when she was taken to the Coliseum and they had a briefing and I wasn't allowed in. So that was a period of time when, when I would go and, you know, I had master's athletes as well that I just didn't really get to spend a lot of time with um, because obvious for obvious reasons. Um, so I was just doing the best I could where I could go watch when I could, or where I could get a bite to eat when I could. Um, but other than that, you know, I was just pr pretty uh, cognizant of the fact that she was by herself and I wanted to make sure that I was with her for as much of the time as I could be. I think people are curious too, um, after Bethany and Carrie tested positive, what was their rest of their week look like? Did they head they home? Were in their, they were, were in they, their rooms. They just stuck around. They, they, they were in their rooms and then eventually they, uh, yeah, they, they went home, rented cars and stuff. Just so, drove home. Yeah. Cause I guess yeah. you can't fly. Right. If you're no, no. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And um, how are they feeling today? Uh, so Bethany, I believe is, you know, I spoke to both of them. I honestly, I've been giving them a lot of space. You know, I don't want to talk about it too much. I don't think it's a very fond memory and it's not, you know, I think it's going to take some time to get over it, but, uh, Carrie stopped in, um, Scottsdale to, with her boyfriend. Um, and, uh, I think she's feeling pretty good. Um, now I think, you know, I, she didn't have, she had some symptoms, but they weren't as significant as Bethany's. Bethany had worse body aches and fever and stuff. I, I think Bethany is back to feeling 100%. Uh, I know for her, it's just a matter of feeling fatigued, although I know she still doesn't have taste and smell. Um, I don't know if Carrie lost her taste and smell. Um, but, uh, you know, listen, I, I think for all of us, obviously, it... Um, it's, it was extremely disappointing. And I know for them, you know, uh, feeling as good as they felt going into the games and, and feeling like they were more fit than they've ever been going into the games. Uh, it's a bitter pill to swallow. Um, and it's one that, that I'm sure will take a long time to, um, to get over, but knowing them as well as I do and knowing how mentally strong they both are, um, I think that, uh, I think that they'll get past it. And I, and I think that both of them will come back stronger than ever. Um, 
you know, I, I think Bethany, obviously, I think there were a lot of people that had Bethany on the podium this year. Um, I think there were a lot of people after watching her at West Coast Classic that felt like, um, you know, she was going to take it up even another notch, especially with games programming, knowing how incredible she is at grunt work and endurance events. We saw what she did with the ruck run. You know, she beat everybody by a minute and a half and really just kind of cruised that thing. So, you know, I know for her that, that um, you know, she's upset she didn't get to show people, but I also know for her that she feels like she's just coming into her prime. And uh, I know she's super excited for next year and another year of being able to get even stronger, um, which for her is generally her biggest weakness is, is absolute strength and max lifts. So we're just going to work hard at, at getting her stronger and stronger. Um, and Carrie is interesting because, you know, I mean, I think Carrie was pretty honest about the fact that, you know, this might've been her last year um, competing individually. Uh, so this year was really like about having fun and, and training with her girls and, you know, really going there and, and um, you know, kind of this, this might've been like the last dance, but, you know, I don't know now what's going to happen. I think I, I know Carrie well, and I find it hard to believe that she doesn't go out on her terms. Um, so I'll be curious to find out whether or not, you know, she's going to, um, want to give it another hurrah, you know, one last hurrah or, you know, maybe a team thing. I'm not sure, but I find it hard to believe that she won't compete in some capacity after what just happened. I love what you said about that, that you felt that this was a cosmic thing that was Danielle was supposed to go through. And I know that we definitely talked about that on, on our episode the other day that I, I absolutely think that this is the growth she is going to take from this is going to be fantastic. I think that yeah, what she had to go through was really hard and it was really terrible, but I think that this is going to be a big growing point for her. Yeah, I agree with you, you know, and I, I think um, there are things that we can take from this week when we all sit down and talk about it. I mean, I'm a big, you know, I'm a big, um, analysis guy like we essentially like we will sit down and we will break down every single event and all the minutiae from every event and talk about where we can learn from what we did well what we didn't do well you know um and and um you know but but on the whole um you know i think this is going to be a, a big step for her and her maturation process uh i mean I, listen guys i you know, I say it to her all the time and, and I, I have, you know, I've said it before. Danielle Brandon can be as good as Dan, as Danielle Brandon wants to be. Um, if Danielle will, will do all the things outside the gym to create winning habits and champion habits, um, then I truly believe that Danielle has a chance to win the CrossFit games. I mean, I, I'm not going to be shy about saying that. I think talent wise, that she is, uh, I, I believe that she right now, from from uh, you know across the board, um, is probably the second most talented athlete in the world. Um, if if we if you talk about 
gymnastics prowess and skill. I mean, look what she did on that handstand. There's no, no one even close. You know what I mean? Um, the pegboard, you know what I mean? The, 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 the high skill stuff, she's second to none. Uh, the 500 meter run, you know, she can run. She's a phenomenal runner and, and she ran at college. You know, she's a great swimmer. She's strong. You know, she snatched 190 plus and, and I, and that, and that was not feeling good. You know what I mean? There's nothing that she can't do as an athlete. And now it's a matter of all the other things catching up to that. Um, and, you know, I think this was a big step for her being thrown into a, a ton of adversity and being able to get through it and do extremely well. Um, but, you know, I feel like she's just kind of, kind of, you know, cracking the surface of, of that, you know, there's, she's got so much more that she can do in this sport. And, um, you know, I, I think it's really going to be up to her as to whether or not, you know, um, she'll, you know, whether or not she's willing to do all the things to be able to get there. Because to me, I think Danielle can go to the games and finish top 15 just on talent alone, year in and year out, you know. But, you know, to get to top five in the world, then everything else has to come up, you know, as far as the discipline, the habits, the nutrition, the, the mental side of things, you know, uh, not, you know, when a workout comes up that you don't necessarily love, like still be being, you know, still be willing to, to, um, to, to essentially like do everything that you have to do to be able to um, maximize points on that specific workout as opposed to be like, nah, I don't really feel like doing this one, you know? So just mm. kind of mail that one in, um, you know, and I, I think for her, you know, that, that, that's really just a matter of whether she wants to do it or not. And, you know, I, um, and I'm honest with her. I mean, we talk about it, you know, like mm. I said, D you're as good as you want to be, you know, and how good do you want to be? Cause I, I'm, if you want to, if you want to be the best in the world, like, um, I'm ready to go there with you. It's just a matter of, of whether or not you, you want to do that. Cause it's not for everybody, right? Like there are, there are people who are perfectly cool with going to the games and, and being a professional athlete, but finishing 15th to 25th. And, you know, they have, they, they can make a living with all the other stuff that they do as far as endorsements are concerned and everything else. But, you know, they're, they're just not willing to, to do the extra five percent that it takes to be able to 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 get on the podium um if she's willing to do it she'll get there there's no doubt in my mind so she has admitted to us that she has trust issues from way the way she grew up and things like that and it's really hard for her to trust a coach and that that was a, a thing that they were she was developing with you did this week with the one-on-one -on -one help with that trust in your opinion i think so sure I, I hope so. Um, you know, I list, I, I, you know, I have like this very, very like deep love for Danielle now, you know, like through what we've experienced together and through this year, like, and I think my wife does too. And I think it just comes from the fact that like, aside from, you know, Danielle is somebody who, is, is she'll tell, you know, there's a lot, she's from the way she grew up and, and all these other things, there's a lot of flaws there and there's a lot of demons and, you know, but at the, at the, 
at the base of it, like, you know, I think she, she's a really good person. And I think that she, um, as much as she wouldn't want to admit it, like, you know, it, it, she needs, she needs people in her life that, that care about her and that love her and that want to help her as tough as she is, as, as gruff as the exterior is, you know what I mean? Um, and I think that there was a major breakthrough this year. Um, I think that she really loves being a part of, of this family that we've created. And we love having her as a part of this family. Um, and, you know, I think that what she and I, you know, the, what we experienced this week together, um, because it, it certainly was um, one of those experiences that it's hard to describe being outside of it, like all the stuff that we, you know, especially her that she had to deal with. It was really hard, you know, like there's a lot, it'd be a really cool story to, to have had somebody film every second of it so that people could see, you know, like for instance, right before the, the handstand walk event, I don't, I don't know if I told you guys this, but right prior, prior to that event, they pulled out handstand obstacles and, and the girls were allowed to work on the obstacles and, and Danielle, you know, first of all, had to wear a mask while that was going on with the other girls. And then what, right when she got up to go on a handstand, like then someone else was about to go right behind her and they were like, no, 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 no. And then they like sprayed down the handstand obstacle with like sanitizer and, and then they, and then Danielle got back up and it was so wet that like she started slipping and she almost fell and hurt herself. And she was in tears, like right before that event. And this was just like what happened during the week. You know what I mean? Everything was, they followed her essentially with spray bottle wherever she went. They, you know, there were certain things like, Oh, don't forget to put your mask on right after the event. Don't forget to, it was just like little things. Then we we were sectioned off in the, in the um, uh, Coliseum you know, there was constant medical there and constant, you know, media and constant this and that. And it was just little things like, you you know, it was very hard to be able to focus and get into a zone, you know what I mean? Like prior to events or just to like cool down after events when you got, you know, you just got cameras and you got people in your face all the time. And um, for someone who's, who's, you know, not been the most, you know, level headed, that's really hard. And the fact that she was able to do that and deal with it, I mean, it was, you know, it was, uh, it was great to see. And it was impressive to see. And, and uh, you know, the fact that I was able to be there with her um, as kind of like, I would say more, less as coach and more as like, like emotional support staff in a sense. Right. Um, that's kind of what I felt more like this week than coach. Cause we didn't do a lot of time talking, but there was not a lot of time spent about strategy and about workouts. There was just so much on her plate already that I, I was just like, listen, if you've got a question or you want to talk about a workout, fine. But if you just want me to sit here and like, whatever you need, as far as like, you, you know, like you need a shoulder or you just want to laugh and talk about something else. Like to me, that's more important, you know? And, and so that's really what I was. I like to say I was emotional support dog this past week. Um, so yeah, it was he, he needed that as a, even as a spectator, I was distracted trying to watch her performance, right? Because 
they had to roll out a new bar every time, you know, she snatched or, you know, we saw them wipe down her name flag, you know, on the bumper thing before the equipment people could pick it up. And it was, that would make, that made me really angry when I watched it, you know, for her. And I can't imagine, you know, the emotion that she felt. And it sounds like most of the time it was more sad from her than, than anger, but damn, like that just pissed me off every time, you know, that was a thing. I'm like, gosh, she's just trying to like do her best. And every time she's trying to go up to do something, there's something there to remind her that this is not a normal experience for her, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I I agree. And and luckily unquantifiable is the fact that you were talking about, like, she needs love and support, like that crowd freaking loved up on her all weekend and I hope that she felt that and I and I'm sure she did but like she really can reflect upon that and if anything great came out of this week for her was that there are so many people in the community that were rooting for her and that are now you know she is probably their one of their favorite athletes because it it was just such a story you know such a storyline and and I hope she felt all that she I think she the did. Underdog. She, she was, really did. She's the darling yeah. of the of the CrossFit Games. She 100%. was. I, I think that, that, you know, you had three major stories. Well, on the women's side, right? I think you had three major stories during the Games. You know, obviously Tia's dominance, uh, Annie's performance, which was ridiculous, you know, and then, and then Danielle. I, I think, you know, I think those three um, were such great stories. And, and it was amazing to see the support um, from everybody. Um, and it was, uh, I, I think she was humbled and honored and, you know, really did feel incredibly loved. Um, and, you know, I think that was really, I think that was huge for her. Um, I think it would have been extremely hard this week, uh, or this past week, you know, um, not having that support, you know, because listen, you go out, I mean, and it, I don't blame, it's not, I don't blame CrossFit. I, I, I mean, listen, I think it was a circumstance that they might not have necessarily been ready for. I, I you know, I think they were hoping, right. No one's going to test positive and it's not realistic really, but I think it was a situation they just didn't expect and they weren't sure what to do. Um, and I think that they did a fine job and I, but I think optics wise, there were certain things they had to do, right. So that, so that they wouldn't, you know, just get blasted. Um, but, you know, to, to feel like you're kind of separated from the group, like you're in your own lane and nobody else for three lanes. And then, you know, you're supposed to run by yourself and you're supposed to do this by yourself. And, you know, that's hard. I mean, that's hard for anybody. Um, and I, th- I think she did a, a good job, you know, um, handling it. And obviously, I, I think the crowd was amazing supporting her. It was awesome to see that support. You know, I was, I was really, really happy to see the way that they just kind of cradled her and, um, you know, kind of, kind of, she became a fan favorite, which is, is amazing. Yeah. I loved how after all the events, when they were doing the ceremony, um, that you started to see her peers and her community more reaching out and bringing her to be more a part of it. And I think, I mean, this is just from my perspective, clearly, but I think they finally felt like, okay, it's safe. Like it's over now. So we can do that. We can go and pull her over and do that. Yeah. And it was great to see Tia, you know, pull her out. And it was great during the event, you know, that one time when, you know, they, 
they told her like, you've got to run this by yourself. And, you know, she was really upset about the fact she had to run by herself for two reasons. One, because obviously that's not the experience you want, but two, like, that's a huge disadvantage running a 500 meter, you know, a 500 meter event, like by yourself, you don't know how to pace things. You're not, you know, you don't, you, you can't really uh, run, you know, uh, you can't pace it off anybody else. And then when, when, uh, when Sam Briggs volunteered and then you had Laura and, and obviously Terry who, who volunteered to run with her, you know, I think that that was, um, you know, I think that, that she got emotional and she really was, was, uh, very grateful and thankful to them for, for stepping up and doing that. And, um, you know, and then obviously Tia at the end grabbing her and, you know, there, there were, there were different circumstances all week of people that, that, um, you know, that supported her. And, and I, I know she felt really good about that. So that, that run too, didn't sort of Dave Castro sort of facilitate the, the ability for other people to run with her. Wasn't he the one that kind of said like, Hey, if anybody's vaccinated and wants to maybe run with her. Yeah. I think I, that's I think I heard. Yeah. I, I wasn't there. Uh, I know Dave came and told her that she had to run by herself. And then I know that, I don't know whether it was, um, whether it was Dave or whether it was someone from athlete support who basically said, Hey, listen, Danielle's going to have to run by herself. Anybody who's vaccinated, um, you know, uh, who wants to run with her, um, you know, we're outside. It's obviously not a, a high risk. And, right. and I know, I, I know Sam was the first person to, mm-hmm. to raise her hand. Um, you know, I know that, that Danielle was, was obviously very grateful about it. So I just I want one more question about this and we're going to move on to, to future. And yeah. that is when you're a coach, you're always emotional support, right? That's part of coaching. Mm-hmm. So in a typical games, if the dial at one is full emotional support and at mm-hmm. 10 is full coaching, what is mm-hmm. a typical games dial at? And what was this games at? You know, it depends on the athlete. Um, you know, Carrie, you know, so it's interesting, right? Like Carrie last year, um, the, the, I would say, if you say, you know, one full emotional support and, and 10 full coaching, it was probably a seven, right? Like, and, and the year before, I would say it was a seven up until when she fell off the rings. And then there was a lot more emotional support there. Um, but this was this was a, a one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this was a one. There was very little coaching done. Um, you know, for me, which is a change, and for someone who's as analytical as I am, it, it, that was hard. But it's not what she needed. You know, right. it's not what she needed. She didn't need that. She didn't need me to, you know, write her warm ups and, and tell her like this is this is what I think you need to do here, and you know, like this is how to snatch. You know what I mean? Like she didn't need it. She didn't need me to t- in warm ups to tell her to, you know, well, you know, you need to get tall and you need to, you know, really feel that you finish your lift and this and that. No, there was none of that going on. It yeah. was, you know, it was essentially me. If she needed, if she had a question about something, there was that. But basically, it was like, listen, no matter what happens in this event, I love you. I'm going to be here, and whether whatever happens. I'm going to love you no matter what I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be here to support you no matter what happens during the event. Um, and, and I think, you know, that was much more important for her to hear than any type of strategy or, um, or cues that I could give, you know what I mean? 
Um, so, you know, it was definitely, um, it was, it was a, it was definitely different and it was a new experience for me and I'm, and, and obviously for her, um, and it, it's one that, uh, you know, that, that hopefully in the future, there'll be, you know, more coaching and, and just part emotional support, um, you know, but, but, I, and I hope obviously that these were extenuating circumstances and I really hope that there's nothing like this, you know, in the future again, because, uh, you know, I just think where we are in the world, you know, obviously I, I just hope it continues to get better and better uh, and we don't have to worry about this. Well, yeah. and Justin, next year, when you have like five elite individual athletes qualifying for the games, are, how are you going to, how are you going to split yourself five ways? You've had one-on-one yeah. -on -one now for the last two years, right? I With know, elite yeah. folks. You got to start yeah. flexing those muscles, buddy. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, I, I think uh, in the future, obviously, um, depending on, on who, who gets there and, uh, kind of where we are, it's just going to be, you know, more, more support staff and more coaches. Right. And, you know, I, I think, um, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of um, building that, that coaching tree right now. Um, you know, there's more, um, more athletes that are coming on board. So they're going to be more coaches coming on board and, and obviously um, at events, I think it's going to be really important that we have uh, the support staff that we need um, because uh, you know, I, I want to be able to, to make sure that everybody has the, the coaching and, and the, and the uh, support, you know, emotionally, mentally, whatever anybody needs. So that's, that's just going to be, I think as we grow, as a, as a, as a camp, you know, um, I think it's, it's just going to, um, we'll just continue to bring on really, really good people and good coaches, uh, to help everyone. So what does this off season look like for you guys with Bethany and Carrie, not able to do the games? Do you want to get them into a competition this off season, uh, to get that kind of out of them before you get into another training camp? Oh, I'd love to, I, I, there's a couple big events coming up. Um, you know, obviously there's rogue and I, I think filthy 150 and, and Dubai, well, I think Wadapalooza at some point, you know, it really depends on what they want to do. Um, I'll be honest. I haven't, um, we haven't discussed it. Uh, you know, like I said, I wanted to give them some time. Um, and, and, uh, you know, we, we obviously are still here for un until, until Sunday and then we get back, but I figure, I will sit down with, with each athlete individually uh, and we'll, we'll kind of take a look at, at what they're thinking, you know, what they want to do. Um, you know, the most important thing to me, obviously, is just putting them in a situation where it's the smartest for their bodies. Um, you know, I, I want to make sure that, uh, that, that they're healthy and, um, you know, they're feeling good about where they are in training and, and that they're feeling good mentally. Um, you know, October is, I mean, it's amazing to think it's October is like right around the corner, you know? So you think about doing a big event like, like, uh, like rogue, um, you know, it, it just depends on whether they want to do it, you know? Uh, so, so we'll take a look at it. I always think that it's really good to do one or two of those. Um, just depends on, on timing. Um, but, uh, but I, but I, if they want to do it, I'll, yeah, absolutely. I'll give them my full support and, and we'll figure out what that looks like as far as, you know, travel and all that kind of stuff. 
So what's uh, what's coming up with underdogs? When's the next cycle? Yeah. So we've got another cycle coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, and uh, then we've got we've got a lot planned uh, coming up. So we've got um, we've got this upcoming cycle coming up and, and then it will it will change to a rolling cycle from now on. Um, you know, so we'll we'll start that um, with this next cycle. Uh, we'll also um, putting together a, a dedicated master's uh, program, um, which will which will start in uh, which will start in September, um, probably late September, like right around the beginning of, of fall. Um, we're also talking about um, talking about putting together uh, open prep at some point in time, um, and. Um, you know, we're, we are very actively pursuing, um, a, a facility in, in Las Vegas. Um, so my goal would be to, you know, to have that up and running and then to, to have an athlete camp, um, before year's end. Uh, but if it's not before year's end, then obviously we do it the you know, beginning of the year. Listen, Vegas is year round as far yeah. as, you know, as far as athlete camp. So that's pretty cool. Um, we, we have, uh, a lot, it's interesting. We've had a lot of people reach out for individualized coaching and that, um, so here between Tommy Hackenbrook and, and, uh, and Matt and Kiefer, and, and we're looking to bring on other coaches as well. Um, so that's that's happening. We have some people who are moving to Las Vegas to work with us. Um, you know, some 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 other athletes uh, that that have planned to to come, um, and and then there'll be um, you know I think you'll see the the athlete roster will be growing. Um, so there's a lot of there's a lot that, that's coming. I think all good things. You know, it's just a matter of of making sure that we manage it correctly because. You know, at the end of the day, I always say, you know, our number one goal is to is to help our athletes reach their maximum potential. Um, you know, I've always been somebody who believes that if you treat the athletes the right way, and you do things the right way, that good things will come back to you, you know, um, indirectly. So that's kind of the way we do it. Every, everything's always to kind of put the athletes first. Um, and then I, I just kind of feel like if you do that, then, then, you know, people will see that and, and good things will come to us because we're doing the things the right way. So I'm feeling like you're going to have to come upon um, a name change at some point though, because if you're bringing in all these athletes and building them all up and then they're all at the top. But, but I've said this before, uh, it, unless you're T, aren't you an underdog at this right. point in time? Okay. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like the way I look at it is, yeah. And and also, Amy, it's more about the mentality, right? Like it's more about just, you know, like just, you know, having that chip on your shoulder and, and I mean, shit, you saw what happened this, you know, these last couple of weeks, like you never know, you know, what's going to happen. And you've got to, ultimately you just got to pick yourself up and you, and you, and you claw your way, you know, into being able to back to doing things. So you know, that's, that's kind of our mentality. And even if we are standing on top of the podium, look at it, it's like, you know, we're, we're, we're still, we're still going to have that underdog mentality. Um, you know, so yeah, 
but it, it's good. And, and I feel like there's a lot of, of great things that will come from this adversity. You know, um, I think it's only, it's only going to make us stronger as a crew. Uh, it's not at all the way that, that I imagined things to go, you know, and it's, it's not, it's not how I expected to, uh, it's not the interview that I would have expected, you know, uh, a week, a week after the games, but, um, you know, uh, like I said, I think it'll make everybody stronger. And, you know, I know that it made my relationship with Danielle stronger and, and I know in the long run that it will only make her better. And, and I think for, for Carrie and Danielle, that they'll, that they will, uh, I mean, for Carrie and Bethany, that they will, you know, just bounce back and, 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 you know, be stronger than ever. So. Yeah. yeah. And Amy, even Rocky won the belt. True. Right. Yeah. You know, and he's yeah. the biggest underdog out there. I, and, you know, here's the thing, though. Just I feel like you know, everything that you've said and uh, this whole episode, and just from from my experience with with um, talking with you, is that the underdog part of the underdog mentality is that you are a person first. You um, we start with the relationships first, and, and then you're the athlete, right? So it's like we've got to build this piece up before we can can get to that. And so that to me just feels like a part of why you're so successful because you have to get into those relationships in order to extend somebody to be at their, their best. Thank you. I, I, I don't know any other way to do it. You know, I, I just feel like certain people have, you know, they have their, um, you know, they, they have their process and this is mine. And, you know, I, I can't help, but, but develop that relationship and that trust and, and, you know, um, that's, that's kind of what I think really builds a, a strong and meaningful athlete coach relationship. I know that it does for me. Um, and, uh, you know, it seems to be working. Um, so we're just going to, just going to keep going with it. (laughs) Um, but listen, I, I can't tell you guys how much I appreciate you guys and what you guys do and your support. And, you know, um, you know, I, I, uh, I, I feel like without, without you guys and, and with, without people who kind of, uh, you know, have all the, all good intentions and, you know, um, really want to see this sport continue to grow and, 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 uh, and, and, you know, uh, understand that it's, it's done. It's, it's the only way for us to get it to grow is, is through, um, you know, doing what we can and, and doing the most for the athletes, uh, you know, I, I think that's the most important thing. And I think you guys get that. And I think that's why we get along so well. So I have one more question for you and it's, sure. uh, it's going to, it's just a fun little tease, I guess. Earlier this week, the morning chalk up published an article s- quoting that, um, that the six podium athletes were all non-training camp athletes. Mm. And it's very loosely based because if you go down the women's side, all of them are members of a training camp, but they have an excuse as to why they don't count towards that. I just overall want to How say- How could Tia knock the training camp athlete? The, the excuse was that she built her reputation prior to being a part of that training camp. And that camp was built around her. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's like, that's ridiculous. Right. <laughs> Yeah, it's like so silly. I think that's just taking a contrarian point of view to just to just 
you know, create a story that really isn't true, really isn't the truth. Right. And I Amy's mean, part of a, a camp in Iceland with BKG and some other athletes. And Laura just joined Krypton Athletics. So <laughs> wasn't she a wasn't she a Mykonos with Gabby Magala and like yeah. two other people yeah. for the entire year? So I, yeah, you the know, program. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, I think that that's just them creating a story to try to, uh, you know, to try to create conversation. Um, but, but when you look at the actual facts of it, I don't think that's necessarily true. I think the only, um, I mean, Justin, yes, for sure. Um, but you know, and I guess maybe Brent, right. Um, but I don't know about Pat. I know that he's with Michelle and I know she has other athletes. So I'm not exactly sure. Well, and I know Emily Rolf's been with them and, yeah. you know. Um, listen, I think at the end of the day um, that, you know, year in and year out, you're going to see some people that are part of training camps and some people that aren't. And I think it all depends on what works for that specific person. Um, but what I can tell you is that um, the atmosphere that we can create on a daily basis uh, is, is, greatly enhanced and heightened by having you know ha having elite athletes who who want to compete and you know who want to be the best and who want to level up every day with other great athletes like that's just the fact I'm, i don't think that that's a question and i think if you looked at the top 20 athletes on each side that that would create a completely different narrative uh, you want to take the top three and top three, that's fine. That's being very selective. I think if you took, you know, you looked at the top 20 and the top 20, you'd probably see a much different story. Um, right. So, you know. And, and the article uh, was written without any quotes, um, just yeah. assumptions, uh, because I'm sure if you ask those three athletes, they would tell you they're part of a training camp. Yeah. And I also think if you look at Tia, it's like when, once Tia got together with Matt, um, you know, she's the Tia that we now know. She's not the Tia of, you know, before that won the games by a couple points. You know what I mean? Like right. once she got with another elite athlete and was able to level up every day, you know, she's doing things that we've never seen before. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, and Matt did as well. So I, I don't think there's any question that, that, you know, that's actually, if you look at that, that's actually evidence going the other way. So I, I think that they're just saying what they want to say to try to create a, a non-story. I, I, I took offense to the article myself, and I just wanted to poke the bear to see if you would jump in on my side. I think I think that, uh, you, you know, sometimes you're going to see articles that are just meant to, you know, stir up some shit. And that's probably all it was, you know. Um, but if you really broke it down and looked at it and that that at the end of the day um that the woman who's the who's essentially the the the, the poster child of, of crossfit now has been in a training camp for five years so that doesn't really make any sense the five years she's won yeah pretty much yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. um yeah so and if you saw bethany and uh carrie at west coast you cannot tell me that working together has not helped the two of those because where they were weak and the other was strong, they have kind of transferred some of that over to each other and uh, they were incredible. And I'm yeah. so sad that the world did not get to see that in full force at these games, but I know they're gonna be back and better than ever. Yep, Yeah, I think so too, yeah. For sure. Um, well, enjoy your time with the family. 
Thank will, you. Will you, get, will you get a chance to be back before Khan leaves? Yeah, I think Khan is, uh, I think he's going to, I think he's going to uh, Portugal. I think he's got something going on in Europe. Um, but my understanding, and you never know with Khan because he's hard to, he's hard to uh, pin down. Um, but my understanding is that we're going to see a lot of Khan this year. Um, and, uh, you know, I think I will have a lot more involvement in his training this year. Uh, we've talked about that. So, um, so you know. when are we going to Vegas, guys? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Amy's yeah. favorite pastime is hiking. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. And you have shown through your Instagram some amazing hiking trails in Vegas. Yeah. So when you guys come out, we'll definitely, we'll, we'll go out to uh, Mount Charleston and we'll do some fun stuff for sure. We'll let Ivy lead you guys on a hike. I love it. There I will you go. follow her anywhere. Follow her anywhere. She's, she's pretty awesome. So. <laughs> she is. Any cool. new gymnastics tricks? Um, yeah, so, she, so she's just constantly doing stuff. Uh, I think, um, what's the latest that I saw her doing? Um, yeah. She just on her back walk over yet? Yeah, she's, she's got there? that. That's easy. Good. Yeah, she's got that. She's she's doing more stuff on the balance beam. She's got her hand, she's got her cartwheel on the balance beam. She's nailed now a couple of times. And, it's crazy. We get back and, and she, um, she will uh, get back into that and she'll actually start competing in January. So that'll be exciting. Um, you know, she'll be the youngest, but it'll be fun. Um, and then, uh, and when we get back, it's really cool. The rock gym that she's at uh, has started a, uh, a program for kids. I think it's probably because of her, but uh, they started a program for kids her age now where they're going to do uh a, a class each week um, with the owner who's phenomenal uh, at Red Rock Climbing Center. His name is Mike Lorenzo. He's a, a phenomenal coach and climber, but he's um, they're they're going to put together a, a climbing class for kids her age now. Like that'll be you know a serious class with instruction and things like that. And I know she's going to be super excited about that. So yeah, so a lot of a lot of gymnastics and and rock climbing when we get back, and then obviously you know she spends her days in the gym. So you know, um, indirectly a lot of CrossFit, you know, I'll be so. curious to hear how you respond watching your kids compete versus oh I, I, as a coach and as a mom and as a teacher, <laughs> it, it is so anxiety producing for me to watch my kids compete and not that I yeah, care I about what the result is. <laughs> I, I can't imagine. I, I imagine that I will be beside myself. Um, <laughs> You know, my wife has forbid me to coach her. So I am, uh, I, and I, that's fine. I say that that's great. I'll be her biggest fan. So yep, I you'll will, be um, emotional support. Well, yeah. And Kat yeah. and I got to see him coach in person at West Coast. And the anxiety and the jumping and the screaming that he does while his athletes are on the floor, I cannot imagine what's going to happen when his kid's on the floor. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I wear my emotions on my sleeve. That's for sure. So. Yeah, I know. I'm going to have to really tone it down. I'm going to have well, to. And Ashley, too. Ashley is up, on, is up on the fence screaming oh, at people. Like, you you two are going to get kicked out of games. I know. Probably it. so. She's much louder than I am. No question about it. So, oh, louder, yeah. Sure. But you pace more. That's true. <laughs> I do. I definitely pace more. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. this was fun, Justin. Uh, thank Always. you for, for filling in some gaps for us. Uh, we always love spending time with you yeah. and I uh, can't wait yeah. to do it again.
Awesome guys. All great to, love, great to talk with you. All our love to you and Ashley. Yep. Yeah. Thanks guys. Take yeah. care. Great talking with you. Great yeah. talking to you. Bye. All right. Bye guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends in partnership with the Morning Chalk Up. Please consider giving us a five-star rating and leaving us a review. It really helps our podcast. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.